We're in a series um, that's kicking off today called Longing for the Promise. Uh, Since Easter, we've been going through, reading through the Old Testament, and on Sundays, we've been making our way through the highlights of Genesis and Exodus and the five books of Moses. And when you get to, to Joshua, Joshua and the Israelites were right on the cusp of entering into the promise, entering into the promised land to cross over the Jordan. And um, at the end of uh, Deuteronomy, Moses commissions Joshua and says, you're going to take the people into the promised land. And so we're kind of combining our in-house vision service, um, the vision for who we are as a church, where we're going, what God has for us. I think it's a lot like Joshua and the Israelites going into the land. Pre-COVID, we used to do this thing called meet novation, where we would people who were kind of new to the church could ask questions, meet leadership, um, hear what what what's most important to us, our values, and how you can get connected. Consider today your meet novation. If you're kind of new, you're going to be grandfathered in. We're going to start doing meet novation again quarterly, but that we thought this would be the perfect time to do that. So you might have questions this morning, things come up, feel free during the time that we eat together to find um, any of the leaders or the board that, that speak, and uh, we'll do our best to answer any questions that you might have, things that come up today. So Moses in Deuteronomy 31 commissions Joshua, and he tells him, be strong and courageous because you're going to lead the people into the land. And then in Joshua 1, God now tells Joshua, he he reminds him, he says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. What a promise. How many times does God tell us not to be afraid, or does he tell his Children, don't be afraid, fear not, be courageous. And I think us as a church today, this is a a rally time for us to be strong and courageous in who the Lord has called us to be and where he wants us to go, individually and corporately together as a community. We we God has has given us something special in the relationships and the community that we have here at Novation. I think when I look back on the history of our church, I've maybe said this before, but like if you watch a show on Netflix, right, and it often has seasons, and in each season takes on a, a different story, maybe new characters or whatever. I think for us, our first season, when we had the courage to start the church with nothing, a few families meeting at the school and Woodrow Wilson and setting up and tearing down. We did that for five years. That was season one. Season two was when we were blessed to get into this building, debt-free. We were able to pay for all the things that are, that are in, in our building without any debt. And we enjoyed that until this thing called COVID arrived. And I remember being in here March, March 8th, 2020, and it was our last service before the shutdowns and all that happened. Season three became the post-COVID era, where you try to figure out how do you do 
meeting together in person, online, live streaming, all the things that came out of that. Here's what I'm here to tell you this morning. Season four starts today, where we are going forward as a church, and we're going to show the love of Christ to, to this community, to one another, and continue to grow in our discipleship to Jesus. Our vision as a church is pretty simple. We want to be a modern expression of the early church. What did the early church look like? What did they do? How did they impact the world around them? So for us, our vision, you are the vision of Novation Church. We don't have a vision of planting 20 churches or do this or that. It's people, one life at a time, a community growing together, supporting one another and growing in Jesus. The stories that are in this room or watching online of people who have been impacted by the gospel. We always say that. You're more than a name. There's a story that God's writing in you. So it says in Acts 2, 42 through 47, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That's our vision. What does that look like in 2022? What does that look like for us as a church? Jesus said that he took responsibility for building his church. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. But he gave the responsibility to us to make disciples. He said, go and make disciples of all people, baptizing them, teaching them, and I'm with you till the end. So our job as a church is to, to make disciples. He, he takes responsibility for the building of the church. He says, go and make disciples. I feel like that's just such an encouraging reminder that it's not up to us. Jesus is building his church, and he's going to continue building his church, and we get to participate. We get to join alongside him. So thank you for that, Scott. Um, I have been part of leadership innovation for nearly a decade, but in just the last year or so, I've moved into a new role of ministry coordinator. And as the ministry coordinator, what I have been getting to do is work really closely with our different ministry leaders and communicate with our board. And then I work closely with you, Scott, and with Janelle Applegate, who oversees um, operations here at the church. And I think one of the gifts of this last year that I've been able to experience being part of our leadership team is really just seeing the way that God has helped us to identify who we are, what we're about, and how we are pursuing his purposes for our church. And um, so I am thankful for kind of the language that you have put around that for us. And I think it's going to be really helpful to hear you break that down and help us understand the building blocks of Novation Church. Yeah. So our vision um, or our church exists for one main purpose, and we exist to become a maturing community. We want to be a, a disciple-making community that is maturing in our faith. That's the goal. So if, if somebody's been walking with Jesus for 60 years, 
or if somebody's not sure what they believe or a brand new believer, it's still the same goal for everybody. You guys know this. You never arrive in your walk with Jesus. It's always a, it's just a steady pace towards eternity with him. And so we want to mature. That's our target. If you look at this graphic up here, that's the, that's everything we do as a church is, is to pr- promote that goal to hit that target, to hit that bullseye of maturing. The Apostle Paul told the church in Ephesus, he said, talking about Jesus, he he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. Why? To equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Often in churches, pastors and staff people do all the ministry. And that's not... That's not what Paul's saying here. He's saying the job of a pastor, any of these five-fold ministry, is to equip the body to do the work of the ministry. It says, to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son. Here it is, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. So that's the target. I've, one thing that's been really cool to see happen you know, I would say a lot post-COVID is when people have a crisis or have a problem in their life, their home groups are rallying around each other. They call their home group leader. And, and that's the way the body of Christ is to function, to not have the professional pastor be the one that helps solve everybody's problem, but that the body is working together. And so kudos to you guys as a church family. Like, I'm so proud of that about us. But another thing when it comes to to this maturing issue, whether you've walked with Jesus for 60 years or you're brand new, we're all in need of grace. If you've been walking with Jesus all your life, you you're more and more realize how much you need grace every day. And so the the playing field is leveled by this thing called shared brokenness that we're all under repair from Jesus and that he's He's remaking us from the in, inside out. So the, the next four things that I briefly talk about, they support the goal of discipleship, the goal of maturing. And so how do we pursue being a maturing community? We want to be a, a worshiping community. We want to be a community that worships Jesus, that, that we know that we have been called to be salt and light to love well, to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love our neighbor as ourself. says, as I read earlier, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They met together praising God. So that's part of being a disciple of Jesus is engaging with the Father in worship. And that's how we understand his love, his goodness, his power, and all that he is for us. So when we come together on Sundays... It's, yes, it's, it's, it's to come together and hear the word and to sing, but it's to promote a lifestyle of worship that takes us throughout the week. So worship's an act, it's something we do, but it's also a lifestyle. Anything can become an act of worship if it's received in thankfulness and done to the glory of God. So we want to be a maturing community by being a worshiping community, and then secondly, a connecting community. A connecting community. It says they broke bread together. They did life together. 
How many know we're pretty good at breaking bread together? Like, we're gifted in that area, and you're going to... It, we're going to enjoy a good meal together afterwards and celebrate. And that's part of doing life. You know, food and meals are part of everyday life. And we thank God for it. And we enjoy time together. We want to, as a connecting community, continually provide opportunities for people to connect outside of just Sunday. Sunday is important, but there's all kinds of other opportunities. You're going to hear about some of them this morning to connect. The, the walking with Jesus was never meant to be a solo act. It was always in the context of community and one another. We need one another. We need people close to us to help us. So a worshiping community, a connecting community, and then a serving community. Being a servant is becoming like Jesus. You're never more like Jesus than when you're serving someone. You're serving in, that, in, in someone that you might not even get anything back. Jesus said that he came not to be served, but to serve. He's our example. So when you look at the early church, they took care of one another. So they sold their possessions and made sure people you know, didn't go without needs and things of that nature. And so we want to take care of one another. We want to serve one another. We want to serve our community. We want to be salt and light, and that happens when we're serving, when we're helping meet the spiritual needs of those around us and some tangible needs, the best that we can, have an impact somewhere. And so there's opportunities to serve all the time where you can volunteer. You can volunteer for, for, for outreach, for things on Sunday, you know, help with the youth ministry, the children's ministry. You'll hear about those opportunities. And you know, I talk to pastors all the time. And apathy in, in the church in general is, is a real thing. And it's easy to start pulling back in, in our volunteering or in, in giving and in, in being part of using our time, talent, and treasure for the church. COVID just did that. It, it, it got created some habits that uh, it's hard to shake sometimes. You've got to cre- create a, a, a new habit. But you're like Jesus when you're serving, and we want to be a serving community. And then lastly, we pursue maturity because we want to be an impacting community. All of us want our life to count. We want to have impact on the people in our life, our communities, our neighborhoods, etc. said that the church enjoyed the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their Number daily those who are being saved, those who are coming and connecting and following Jesus. So we want to be, have local impact, and that's why this church exists. You can help have impact by inviting people to the community. Invite people to church. Invite them to your home group. Invite them to an event. Maybe somebody not comfortable coming on a Sunday, but they'll go play top golf with men. Great opportunity. That's how I became a follower of Jesus. I was far from him, but I got invited to a couple things that wasn't, quote, Sunday church. And I was like, these guys aren't as weird as I thought they were. They were. And, and this actually could be a, a good thing. And then globally, man, we want to be aware of what God's doing in the world, short-term missions, supporting missions. Every time you give to Novation, you're also giving to world missions through Joshua Nations is a, a ministry that Pastor Russ started years ago from day one when Novation, we opened our doors, we made a commitment to support them the best that we can, and you're impacting globally 
every time you give as well to the church. So we're going to hear from a few of our, our folks. I want to invite Pastor Mark Bullion to come up here. Do you need help up? Yeah. <laughs> As Mark is making his way up here, I just want to read a verse out of 1 Timothy 4:12. Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young, but be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. And Mark, you disciple our kids in living this way, um, week in and week out. I know my family and my four kids have been benefited from your love and your leadership. So tell us a little bit about what you do here. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, thanks for that warm welcome. I do a little bit of stuff around here. I get to oversee children's ministries, student ministries, prayer and care. But this morning, I'm going to do a little bit of emphasis. Um, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about student ministries. How many of you guys have a student in our midst? Let's, let's, start, let's start back a little bit. Let me, let's go children's ministries first. How many of you guys have a ch- child? Let's go birth through fifth grade. All right, I see your hands. How about there in Webland? Raise your hands on your couch. All right. And all right, now our student ministries are 6th grade through 12th graders. All right, how many of you guys have had a student in that room? All right. My job, um, along with our wonderful leaders, is to take those children, those awkward ones, from 6th grade to 12th grade. I heard you laugh. And to be an example, we are, I'm going to tell you right now, right off the bat, we are an example of Acts 2. That's what we do in our student ministries. We are building a community um, and relationally, and we served as often as we can with those students. Um, in high school and middle school with these students, we're serving in our own very church. We actually have kids planted, these students planted. Um, we're serving in children's ministries. I've got my own daughter back there serving in toddlers right now. Um, back in the cafe, up there in the AV booth, uh, greeting, doing worship. I've got two of uh, our leaders that are actually serving today, and we've got some of our students that serve up here. Um, we actually serve in our community as well. We have an adopt-a-street program that we've been involved in in the past, that we go back into our community just a half mile from here, that we're cleaning up a street on a monthly basis and picking up this trash. And the kids actually like that. Going out into the community, we find some amazing articles that sometimes the kids want to pocket and take home with them, and we have to say, no, please don't take that home with you. Um, But I'm going to tell you something. The pandemic has done something really, really strange and did some damage to this generation. Am I right? Um, Young to old. Mentally and spiritually, I believe Satan um, has waged war against our kids. And um, to my and 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 I want to say something to our. uh, I actually want to have my fellow leaders. Can I have Tom, Sheena? Carrie, Tim, Shelly, Dan, Andrew, and Josh, would you stand up if you're here in, our, in here? Look around. These, my leaders, um, go ahead and sit down or stand on your chair for the rest of the time. I don't care. They actually would. They give of themselves a simple hour and a half of their time to come in on Sunday nights. They, to help wage war. 
on a weekly basis. They also not only wage war, but they get covered in temper paint, egg yolk. Some of my high school kids are laughing, too, um, and even the middle school kids. Sharpie marker, toilet paper. But they also get covered in hands by prayer. They help lead in prayer for these kids. I have a 17-year-old kid who helps do worship, and he only knows four songs. And they're not great songs, but he knows them, and he knows them darn well. And those are the four songs we can sing over and over and over. But these kids are amazing. But our leaders have have finally said, I'm going to cry here for a second. Our leaders have said enough is enough. They said enough's enough. We're not going to allow these kids to fall through the cracks and allow Satan to win this war. We've got some kids that are depressed. Suicide rate is horrible right now among teens. And I, for one, will say, I'm, I've had enough of this crap. Excuse me. Sorry. You know where my heart is for these kids. We've seen some amazing things that have come through Acts 2, coming on a, every Sunday night and dedicating our, ourselves as leaders. We've seen these kids growing in Christ. We've seen the depths of their maturity growing. Several, several of them, and you've seen them right here in this baptism, getting baptized. They're growing. But most importantly, they're reaching back into their own community on their own accord. They are bringing their friends to, to church. I've, you've heard me say this from this, their very own pulpit. Our, we have about 40 kids that are coming on a, on a Sunday night. And I, at least half of these kids, don't eat, their families don't even come to Novation Church. Ponder that for a second. These are kids of our own church inviting other friends and those kids inviting their friends. I, I, every week I have to walk up to somebody and go, who are you? And I do say it awkwardly like that, and our leaders do too. And we pick them up and I'll shake them like a rag doll. And they look at me afterwards and I say, hi, I'm Mark. <laughs> who are you? And, the, and then that's how we start the, the night. And they, they keep coming. I try to scare them off, but they keep coming. So, these kids are amazing. Never underestimate exactly what Kristen said. The youth. I will never underestimate the power of a sixth grader as awkward as they are. These guys, are, they are the future generations. And I'm going to continue to pour into them. And I'm not going to give up on them. I will not. Until the day I die. It may be with egg yolk on my face. But I am going to continue doing that. Um, so if you're interested, if something is stirred in you and you say, you know what, you're not willing to give up on these guys either, find one of our leaders. Please, during, during lunch today, find one of us and say, hey, I'm interested. I'll give up an hour and a half of my time. I'm okay with that. Let me talk about prayer and care for just a second as well. I lead that as well. Prayer and care is a ministry that we do. We meet on Thursdays at noon. We meet virtually online. We also meet in here as well. Um, And join us for lunch. Bring a lunch. We sit, we eat, and then we pray. And we pray for all the prayer requests that come in. So if you don't know that we have an app, ta-da, I said it. Um, And you can can find that that information online. Um, Join us. Um, we would love that. Just simply go to uh, and, and s- submit a prayer request. Okay. Or you can join the I Pray team. 
and do that. We would love you to do that. Um, that's all I got to say. I love you guys. Thanks for the time. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for how you serve. Before you sit down, Brad Johan is one of our board members, and Brad is just going to pray over Mark as he heads into another year of ministry. I thought they were going to give me the big hook. <laughs> Lord God, we just thank you so much for Mark and his humor, um, the kids that he gets to watch over every day, um, the ones that are here and the ones that um, will be here. Pray, Lord, that... Uh, you just continue to cover him and bless him. Um, we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Mark. The next ministry that we would like to tell you a little bit about is our home group ministry. Our home groups here at Novation Church are really the lifeblood of our church. They are where we do life together. And an offshoot of our home group ministry, which is led by Craig and Stacy, who you're going to hear from in just a moment. Craig and Stacy, if you guys want to make your way up here. An offshoot of our home group ministry is what we call core groups. Core groups are a group of three or four men or three or four women who get together regularly to just go a little bit deeper, be accountable for each other, grow in faith together. Um, and in addition to home groups and core groups, we also have vibrant men's and women's ministries here at Novation Church. Our men's ministry is led by Joel Diebel and his team. Joel, will you stand up? And our women's ministry is led by Carrie Johan and her team. Carrie, will you stand up? All of these areas are opportunities for us to practice what we like to call the one another's. All throughout scripture, we see commands like this. Love one another. Serve one another. Carry one another's burdens. Forgive one another. Encourage one another. Pray for one another. Be hospitable with one another. This is where we practice the one and others. And a great starting place for you to get involved is by getting involved in a home group. Uh, Craig and Stacy, will you just tell us a little bit about what's been going on in home groups? Yes. Is this on? There it is. There it is. Um, everything you see on this screen right now, maturing, worshiping, connecting, serving, impacting, loving, serving, all of it, all of that happens in home groups. Craig and I have been married for 20 years, and we've been in small home groups in three different states, in I don't know how many churches, lots of churches. All of that always happens in every single one of them. Um, looking back at some of those places and um, times, it's the people in our home group that we're still in touch with, that we still think of. We still have those faces associated with the church more than just the vast congregation. Um, and I just wanted to share, I came across this statistic last week that I thought that can't be right. And it broke my heart. And I'm just going to share it. Um, and these statistics, when I looked it up to make sure it was right before sharing it with all of you, um, they're from pre-COVID. And I feel like it's probably gotten worse. But one in three men report having no friends at all. Nobody that they can talk to openly and honestly. They have coworkers, they have colleagues, they know people, but nobody that they consider a friend. One in five millennials, so anyone born after 1980 to 2000, I think, is that definition. One in five report having no friends. And so if nothing else, I would like to see everybody in a home group either to make friends, because you don't have any, 
or to be a friend to somebody who needs one. And I'm giving it to Craig now. Before I actually go into what I was going to share, I was just going to point out, this man right here, he loves baseball so, so much, he's sneaking it into his images. It's the perfect infield right there. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And if you're in the outfield right now, home groups are a way to get into the infield, right? So just going to connect that. Um, <laughs> anyway, it was also timely that we started with Joshua 1, Be Strong and Courageous. During COVID, um, many of you don't know, but I work with small businesses around the world. And one thing that is common in small, most small businesses is there's a feeling of usually like a family feel in a small business. And businesses around the world during COVID are struggling to maintain their family culture and connectedness. And something that comes up routinely in meetings that, I, that, I, that I'm in is like when I start talking about, you know, my home group and, oh, you know, yeah, I can't do that. I can't meet, make XYZ meeting because I have this event scheduled every two weeks. And uh, people are literally blown away when they hear that I'm having 10 to 20 people at my house during COVID. And I just, to me, the, the connection so greatly outweighs the risk, and it feeds my soul to be with my brothers and sisters in Christ. And so I just want to encourage you, if, if you know people who are battling that fear, that you encourage them. Um, to, to get involved and to connect some, somehow, some way, because we weren't made to do this life alone in a bubble. We were made to connect. And uh, anyway, so obviously a big champion for home groups. And if I could have uh, our home group leaders go ahead and stand up. Thank you. But while you're standing, I also want to have, if you're in a home group, go ahead and stand up. Take a look around. Take a look around. Because if you, if, if you didn't stand and you saw somebody and you think, hey, I like hanging out with them, talk to them about their home group. <laughs> I really... Just realized we didn't ever talk about what we actually do. Home groups meet in homes on a regular basis. During the summer, Craig and I put together a super informal picnic that I told them I didn't want on the announcement board. And then I said, no, I do want it on the announcement board. And then the last one got canceled because of rain. I didn't know how to tell everybody. So we're the crazy fly-by-the-seat-of-our-pants ministry. Um, and actually, in October, I put it on the Facebook page. But we have a bonfire at Anderson Farms. It's another fly-by-the-seat-of-my-pants idea that I had just a fun thing. It doesn't have to be home groups. The whole church is invited. So if you're interested in hanging out a bonfire in October, just find me after service and I'll hook you up with the details. Awesome. Thank you guys. Yeah. Thanks so much. Before you guys sit down, Brian Sump is another one of our board members and Brian is just going to pray over yes. Craig and Stacy. Baseball, always baseball. I like that about you. I'd like you. to take credit for it, but it's actually Janelle. Okay, so Janelle, you get the credit yeah. on this one. <laughs> Pray with me. Let's, let's bless these in home groups. Um, Lord, I am very thankful for Craig and Stacy for their vision and their calling to lead home groups, for their welcoming spirit and their hospitality. Uh, and we thank you for every home group because the reality is that 
no group of pastors can fulfill all the needs of a church. We've got we've to support each other, love each other, pray uh, for each other, and that has to happen in deeper, more close-knit relationships throughout the week. So we, we ask you that you continue to empower and allow our home groups to thrive and that you continue to add numbers to our home groups so that people can fully experience discipleship, fellowship, and, and how the Holy Spirit works uh, in those that are following Jesus. So continue to um, give vision to the Burns clan, and Lord, continue to allow Novation Church to thrive in these areas. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Craig and Stacy. Our next ministry area that we'd like to share a little bit about with you is our local outreach ministry, which is led by Vesna Hernandez. Vesna, you can make your way up here. In Matthew 25, 40, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. And Vesna has done a fantastic job of giving us as a church opportunities to love and serve the least of these. Vesna, will you tell us a little bit about uh, outreach? Thank you, Christine. Good morning, everyone. It's really nice to see your faces. And the summer is over, but so you, everybody, came back. It's nice. Um, I'm going to give you a quick summary of the events that we have run as a church and the um, organizations that we are partnering with. So the first one is The Refuge. This is an organization that opened the doors to serve different communities, not only homeless, but they serve a group of single moms and people with disabilities. We have been partnering with this organization for more than a year, providing for them water and snacks, and we have been there to serve the single moms group. This year we had an event that it was new. It was really beautiful. It was the Easter basket donations. Many of you stay after service to help me to put together the baskets. And just by the little time that we spent at the two nursing houses donating the baskets, it was a great experience because this community was severely impacted by COVID. These old people have to spend a lot of time by themselves alone because they couldn't even see their families. And when we were there, there is so much love and so much wisdom that they have to offer and they just want to be touched, they just want to be loved, they just want to be heard. The third organization is schools. We have been donating, working and donating backpacks, school supplies, and Thanksgiving dinners for three schools, Goodrow Wilson Academy, Westview Elementary, and Mesa Elementary. The, the last week, as Christy said, when we delivered the backpacks and school supplies, some teachers and the principal received us, and they were so amazed. Their faces of gratefulness and joy were a great reward. And the principal, with this amazing face of happiness, she said, I can see your kids with their backpacks. And it was just, that is the reward. That moment when you think you can change somebody else's life. One organization that I don't have on this slide for, and I forgot, it is um, Save for Youth. This organization is for mentorship for kids, and gratefully, we have one member of our community that has been mentoring a kid for about a year, Joy, I think, it's about a year, 
If you want information about this organization, you can change somebody else's life, and not only the kid, but the family too. All these things wouldn't be possible without the love and generosity that you give to people that you don't even know. And the result is the beauty of people following Jesus and just loving each other and working together. What is for the next year? We're going to have two events. One is in October. The Harvest Festival is coming back. So if you like that festival, we are going to be working, volunteering for this festival. The idea is to be present and to show the communities that, are around, uh, that live around us that we are here and that we are here to serve them and to invite them to our church. We are going to need at least 50 volunteers. So please stay tuned. The information will come in the next weeks. And the last one of the year is going to be the Thanksgiving meals that we are going to donate to three schools. Again, thank you for your generosity for that one. Um, I love that part, Pastor Scott, because the local outreach is connecting, impacting, and serving. Mm -hmm. That's the local outreach. That is what God is calling us to do. The last thing that I want to share with you, um, my daughter has been reading because of a school, a book from C.S. Lewis, and he's a Christian writer, if you know him. And some days ago, she shared with me a quote from this book that was impactful for her. The book, um, the name of the book is The Screwtape Letters, and the context of the book is about a demon writing letters for his in training them, um, nephew in training demon. And the quote says, it is funny how mortals always picture us as putting things into their minds. In reality, our best work is done by keeping things out. And when I thought about this, the first thought about th that came to my mind was, this is so true. Life worries and busyness is the perfect way a very certain way that the enemy uses to keep us unaware of what, hap what is happening around us, all the mess that is happening around us, and not let into our minds the urgent need for compassion and service. So my invitation to you is be aware. Stop and take the time. Listen to the Spirit of God in you telling you, hey, you have to serve here. These people need you in this moment because that, the reward that you are going to get after that is going to be priceless. For me, my reward is thinking that the day that I go to heaven and I am in the presence of God, I want to hear, to hear him say, telling me, you did a good job, my daughter, and I'm proud of you. Well done. So Amen. just take the time. Thank you. Thank you, Vesna. Before you sit down... I'm going to have Joel Diebel, another one of our board members, just pray over you. Need the mic? Sorry. <laughs> Father God, um, you have called us to go and make disciples and to serve as you have served. And no better way can we do that than to be uh, salt and light to the community around us and to serve them and to reach out to them. So God, I thank you so much for... Vesna's passion, the, the passion that you've instilled in her heart, 
and her faithful service to see this ministry thrive. And God, I ask that you would put this on the forefront of each and every one of our hearts and minds to impact our community. And may Novation Church never just be uh, a Sunday morning in this building, but an area where we can impact those around us, both locally here in Westminster and all throughout the world. So bless Vezina as she continues to serve in this capacity. And thank you for her. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I want to invite our board to come up here. Um, we're, our leadership structure at Novation is we have a board of overseers, and then we have ministry leaders. And the board is uh, made up of Brian, who Brian Sump is our board president. Brad is uh, a board member as well as part of the finance team. There's three people on the finance committee. Joel's a board member. And I'm a board member, and uh, Janelle's a board member, and then Darcy Nairns, who lives in South Carolina now, is still part of our board and comes to our board meetings virtually and so forth. And I'm so grateful to have this group of entrepreneurial, uh, smart business people, smart, godly, following Jesus to do this with, because their job is to protect the church and to protect, be the watchman on the wall. Scripture I was thinking about was Acts twenty twenty eight. Be on guard, Paul told the leaders of Ephesus. Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. I thank you. These guys have been diligent to uh, guard our, our finances and to still continue to do what we're trying to do as a church in the middle of tight times. And so they're going to share um, this morning. And um, just so that you know, we have three full-time staff members, myself as the lead pastor, uh, Mark Bullion as associate pastor, and Janelle as the director of operation, as well as one part-time in Megan Montoya, who helps administratively. So three full-time, one part-time. Yeah, so th thank you for that, Scott. I wanted to share a, a couple of things with you that may help you bring, under uh, bring you understanding about the board and, and how we function. Uh, and first and foremost, there's, there's two key criteria to, to be part of the board. And this is sort of just a 30,000-foot litmus test that we ask ourselves um, not only about the people that are serving on our board, but, but people that may. And, and it's two primary things. One is, do they love Jesus wholeheartedly and more than anything else in this world? Answer unequivocally has to be yes. And the second thing is, is would this, this person or these folks be willing to put the needs of the church far beyond their own needs and always commit to doing what's right for the church body? And so we, 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 we are adamant and passionate about making sure that that those continue to be fulfilled in our uh, board member service. Um, as well as that, I think it's important for you to know that, that we're, we're board-led and we're board-governed. And so what that kind of, in essence, means is that Scott and Janelle don't necessarily determine everything that happens in the church. They're certainly leaders in how they serve and with vision and implementation, but every board member has a vote, and we vote unanimously on everything that concerns the church. So that, that helps make sure that we're representing 
you know, all of the collective needs well, and that if somebody has opposition, that we talk about those things. So I want to make that clear for you. Uh, when it comes to the health of a church, I think you can measure that in a num numerous ways. Um, certainly, we've, we've learned today that our church is extremely healthy in many areas. We're thriving and succeeding in serving each other, serving our communities, and in many ways, our ministries have never been healthier. And I, I've you know, as a founding member of the church almost 11 years ago, I can tell you that. Now, in the, in the area of, of uh, finances, specifically, we'll talk a little bit today. And what you'll learn is that we have some work to do there. Okay, we've got a little bit of work to do there. And we're going to share, you know, currently where we're at, we, we have always prided ourselves on transparency. And we're going to talk about what we can do about that. So if you were here in the spring, I shared a little bit about the state of our finances. And, I, and I've shared that our giving's been down. And that's not necessarily isolated to Novation Church. That's kind of going uh, and associated with many churches through the pandemic and so on and so forth. So I'm going to have Brad Johan, who's, uh, as Scott mentioned, along with myself and Darcy, part of the finance committee. He's going to just share a few statistics with you and, and help you visually see kind of where we're at in this area. So here's Brad. Perfect. Um, can we put the, just the first, there we go. Okay, so what I tried to do here is I don't think anyone wants to look at um, as many numbers as I enjoy looking at on a day-in and day-out basis. So I, I decided to use some pictures, right? So what I, what I tried to plot here was giving versus budget. Um, and Joel's going to talk a bit um, about the, you know, the budget um, and the process here in a minute. But from 19 to 20, 21 to 22, and, and just what the giving is and what our budget is. And you can see in summary in 19, 20, and 21 the giving has pretty much aligned with where our budget is. And we go through a budgeting process every year. Um, and as we make our way through the year, try to adjust the budget um, accordingly. Um, there's times where if giving is up a little bit, um, you know, we can, we can spend a little bit more, invest a little bit more. And if giving's down, then we have to, once again, um, pull back on a certain, in a few ways. As you can see in 21, um, verse 22 is um, there's clearly a delta between the giving and the budget so far year to date, and it represents about a 21 to 22 percent decline from from where we were. And realizing that there's um, a whole host of things that could be driving that, but just wanted to to um, essentially just let everybody know kind of where where we stand currently year to date versus you know the last few years. Um, if we want to go to the second slide. What I also want to do is just help everyone visualize, you know, try to just bring it back to your kind of own personal finances with like your checking and your savings account, right? So in a nonprofit or a church specifically, you can see as we kind of make our way left to right, there's a red, a yellow, and that green didn't come through as great as I was hoping. But the top line's a green line. And the red line represents two months of, of savings um, in terms of what our operating expenses are. Um, the yellow is uh, three months, and the green is four months. And our goal, you can see we, we were there at the end of um, 2020, which um, was in, in many ways a, a tough year with COVID, but that was um, such a fantastic year from a giving standpoint. But we, you know, to be between that green and the yellow line is where we, we really strive to be. So far this year... This is the first time we've, we've dipped below just two months of, of, of reserves. And that's important for a variety of reasons. But as you can see, just kind of the, the, as we make our way from January of 22 through, um, through July, kind of where 
um, where we've been, and then I put in just where we were as of Friday. So um, just wanted to call out, like, these are different points as we talk about on the finance side or, or as a board, um, where, where are, where's our savings at relative to, you know, where we need to be. But, you know, there's, we have to heat the facility. We have to cool the facility. There's insurance, right? So these are just all just normal operating expenses that the same thing that you have, you know, in your home is the same thing that we, um, we talk about as a board. So just two kind of pictures here, and Joel, I'll kick it over to you. Okay, I'll be brief, but Brian mentioned some of the criteria for being a board member. The one he didn't mention was the bright white shoes that have, seems like they've never been worn before that Brad and uh, Brian are wearing here. Um, apparently, flip-flops are okay, too. I, they haven't kicked me out yet. So um, I just want to touch on really quick. So, you know, Brian mentioned the health of our ministries, and things are thriving. You know, there's so many positive things to celebrate today. Uh, when it comes to what Brad just, just mentioned, I just want to assure you all that that we as a board, our heart is really to be uh, good stewards of what God has given us in terms of, of the church resources. And so we're, we're doing our best to make sure that every dollar that comes in is being used wisely and that uh, we're following you know, God's principles when it comes to managing those resources. Our expenses primarily are building-related and, and salaries. And, and with that, there's, there's not a whole lot more room to cut. Uh, we've We've done what we can in terms of ministries, you know, in that respect. Um, this year we reworked a lease, and, and the lease didn't actually go up this year, which is surprising since everything else is going up. So we're doing our absolute best that way. And just want to reassure you all that we as a board uh, are open to feedback, questions, uh, and, and we want the heart to be, to be known of we just want this church to keep thriving and growing and impacting uh, the community and making disciples. So hopefully that comes through clear. And uh, Brian, I'll pass it over to you. Yeah, we're going to have a, a dance party afterwards again. I think it sounds like. So we got some, some cool stuff going on next door. Blessed by our neighbors. Amen? Yes. So hang with us just a few minutes. Um, and we're going to spend some time together eating and fellowshipping and having a good time. Um, if you are someone who has just been you know, coming to Novation and partaking in, in the, the events and the community and the worship, that is awesome. And we want that to continue to happen. But this isn't a scenario where we can just assume that somebody else will make this happen. It, it takes the village, so to speak. And, and there's a Matthew West song through which he's talking about a person who might say, God, why don't you do something about the circumstances in life? And if you know that song, you know what he says. He says, I did. I made you. And so each of us have a role in this ministry because it doesn't exist without us as we talk about on an ongoing basis weekly. Now, if you are also somebody who's been maybe reluctant to start giving and contributing, or maybe you're somebody because of circumstances through COVID, you've pulled back. I want to draw to your, to your attention to a scripture in Malachi 3.10, and I'm going to ask Jamie Panner to come up as I do this. In Malachi 3.10, as, as God's talking to the Israelites about the tithe and about offerings, this is one area in Scripture where God references finances specifically, and he says, test me in this area. And he says, see if I won't provide so much for you that you will not have a place to store it. And it, it, it's trust, it's a leap of faith for many of us and all of us at some point in our journey 
pursuing Jesus. And I just wanted, we wanted to have Jamie Pander come up. Her and her husband, TJ, serve faithfully in this church every single week. But she's got a powerful short testimony about this area of giving that she wanted to share with you. So here's Jamie. Okay, so the first thing I have to do is confess that I didn't trust God. So uh, TJ and I, you see us here at church a lot because we haven't had the money to tithe. So we gave our time. TJ's very talented. He plays everywhere. So, you know, his talents. I use mine here and there. But I wasn't, we weren't trusting God with money. Um, And if you had asked me, I'd have said we trust God wholeheartedly. But that was a blind spot for us. And each summer, I have to go over my curriculum for the classes that I teach. And one of the classes that I teach is Andy Stanley's How Money Works. And he has a very simple principle, give, save, live. And I'm watching this, and I'm so convicted. I am teaching a class that I am not living. What a hypocrite. (laughs) Um, And, oh, it was painful to continue watching that series, knowing that I'm teaching this class and not doing what I'm teaching. So, you know, I'm having this conversation and with God, and I don't know how. We don't have enough money. If you'd give me more money, I'd tithe, was, was my answer. And, um, and well, obviously, I was wrong. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm thinking this through. I'm walking, and, and the problem is we do our bills, and at the end of every month, there's not enough to pay the bill of tithing. And that's a bill that nobody's going to hunt me down <laughs> and tell me I have to pay it. So that's the one that gets skipped, right? So I'm, I'm really seriously convicted about this. And I figure out, well, let's change this up. I go to work, and I, I, I get paid differently than most. You know, I, like I do a lot of freelance stuff. And so usually I go to work, I get paid a couple days later. So I do this job, and I, I get like 400 bucks. And I decide to tithe. 10% sounds like way too much. I can't give up $40. What if I don't have enough at the end of the month? I'm not going to do that. And I hear, how about 1%? Well, okay, $4. So I send Novation $4. Janelle must have hated me. It was like $4, Like Every time I got paid, I sent 1% to Novation. Um, so a lot of you know that Travis and I took a leap of faith about six months ago or so, and we've been eating a little bit out of our savings each month to make ends meet while we're trying to get this business running, going up and going, right? So we've taken money out every single month. I decide, we decide, um, 1% is what we're going to do all month long. Every time we get a paycheck, 1%, 1% to, to Novation. That was the first month we did not take money out of savings to meet our bills. Like, well, wait, that doesn't work. <laughs> so, you know, I'm bold, and I'm like, all right, God, you give us 1%, how about 10? I'm giving 10. I'm going to give 10%. So the next month, I get, we do the same thing. Every time we get paid, and I said, thank you, God. Thank you, because my sister's a caterer, and she hires us all the time to come up and help her in Leadville. You know what? Thank you for the opportunity to work with my sister. I get to spend the whole day with my sister she pays me, and I get to give a piece of it to you. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. So every time we get paid, we're saying thank you, and we're giving a little bit back, 10%. We get to the end of the second month, and we're $300 short. Dang it, right? Well, so we're reconciling our bills, and TJ looks at me, and he's like, wait, 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 wait. We, have one, we had one more check come in, and we didn't tithe. So should we send that $40 to Novation and take $340 out of our savings? Or do we not tithe and just take out 300 Just, Just do it. We're just going to tithe. We're just going to tithe. That's what we've been doing. And then we see an error in the bank account. And TJ calls the bank. And they said, hey, we think actually this has happened more than once. Let us go through your account and we'll refund what we find. An hour later, we had $540 deposited in our account. (laughs) I have been trying to do the bills. I'm I'm the meticulous one, you know, and, and I've been trying to do the bills and the math works at the beginning of the month and I get to the end of the month and I don't have enough money. And I don't know how that happens every month. And then I finally let God take the reins and let go myself. And the math works. Nothing's different. And God's math always works. And I was so scared. Like when, when, when I was, I was seriously convicted and the 10% was too much. Like, I'm like, God, we're taking money out of savings. Like how much do you want me to, to, to do? And when, when I kept hearing, well, 1% is fine, right? $4, you can send Novation $4. Oh my gosh. Like start with 1%. Start like you it's it's the consistency and and I was I was reading over you know the time talent and treasure and I realized I was saying or time talent or treasure and it's not. He wants all of us, not parts of us. He gave us this gift and what a thank you. Thank you God for allowing me the ability to work. What if I couldn't? What about all the people that can't? So, thank you. But thank you for your your vulnerability and willingness to share that because I know there are so many stories like yours and and we pray that God continues to bless you accordingly. it's one, so we're talking about this topic. I, I wanted to share two scriptures with you because let's let's understand what God's heart is in this area. You you can listen to us, you know, mortals, humans on stage, all you want. But I want to draw your attention to two scriptures, and these two scriptures really encompass, I think, how God's uh, God feels and His heart about about giving. So, uh, can we put those up on on the screen here? We have those. Um, the two areas are giving consistently. And I think Jamie talked about that. And then giving cheerfully. So I'm going to start. Hopefully we can bring these up. But I'll read these to you. And then if they pop up, you can follow along. The first one's 1 Corinthians 16, 1 through 2. Paul writing to the church at Corinth. He says, Now, regarding your question about the money being collected for God's people in Jerusalem, you should follow the same procedure I gave to the churches in Galatia. Here's what it is. On the first day of each week, you should each put aside a portion of the money you have earned. Right? Consistency. On the first of the week, and however you structure that with God, that's up to you. But we, we hear God's heart in the area of consistency. And secondly, is in the area of giving cheerfully. And this is also Paul writing to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, and 8. He says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. And you need to hear that this morning, okay? 
because we adopt this as the heart of our uh, board for the church. He says, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need. Jamie and, and TJ and many of us have that testimony. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. So two good things will result from the ministry of giving. The needs of believers in Jerusalem will be met, and that's also today, that's us and the, the church, the body of Christ, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. And as a result of your ministry, that's to serve, we all serve here, they will give glory to God for your generosity to them and all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. So here's tangibly, here's what we do about this. This is going to be our suggestion, our proposal to you and all of us, is if you have not started giving yet at all, just like Jamie said, start somewhere. Start somewhere and trust God enough in this that he's going to provide the way for you. And you might be saying, um, okay, well, maybe I can do that. And, and so if you've been giving, we would ask, can you give 20% more? Not 20% of your income, and some of you may choose to do that, but 20% more. Here's what that looks like. If you give $50, can you give $60 a month? If you give $500, can you give $600? If you give 1000 can you give 1200 20%. And we talk about this village, the church, the congregation, a little bit by a lot of people, that bridges that gap. And, and you might say, well, Brian, it's easy for you to stand up on stage. You don't know about the effects that COVID has had on my family. I understand. And I also want you to know that the some families, we're going to be partaking as well. So we're not exempt from this. But if we all do a little to make a big impact, we'll overcome that deficit and we will continue to thrive and accomplish all God has for us to accomplish. So we really appreciate your love for this church. We love you, and we're excited to see what God's going to do. Um, and if you do have any questions about these areas, or if you need help in your personal finances, we have resources to help you. Okay, so let us know how we can do that. I'll pass it back off to Scott. Thank you so much. Thank you. Will you stand with me? We're going to sing the chorus of the goodness of God. He's been good to us. He's always faithful. He will continue to be faithful. And we're going to celebrate with some good grub and hang out together and do what we're, what we're good at. So let's sing this as a prayer to God today. So my life have volunteer to open the doors they're going to bring in the food uh, the food's going to be on the right here in the middle of the room Janelle made scrumptious Italian food she's Italian and it's really good she spent all day yesterday um, 
Let's enjoy this together. God is good. And I know you, you talk about some things and it's always awkward to talk about money to some degree, but it's reality, right? We wouldn't be good leaders or pastors if we didn't talk about it. It's just part of being a disciple of Jesus is stewardship over your finances. And uh, the board is doing the same thing that each one is doing individually and trusting God in this area. And we're going to trust him together. So we have such a wonderful church family. I love you guys. So good to see you every week and, and just to know what God's doing in your lives. And so let's celebrate together. Father, thanks for this yummy food. Thank you for your goodness in Jesus' awesome name.